Today, Rinpoche gave us even more information about adopting the ritual for the spirit of enlightenment and all of the prerequisites that are needed in order to truly take the Bodhisattva vow. Okay. Okay, so uh, <coughs> Rinpoche just wants everybody to know where we're beginning, and we might be utilizing um, the first volume again today as well, but we're starting in the second. Um, so uh, we're starting in the uh, section of the precepts of refuge. I've just got to find it um, where we are in the English exactly. Just take me one second. It's right here. Supplications, person's preparation, decoration, supplications, stating the precepts. So page 66 is where we'll find um, the beginning, stating the precepts of refuge. Ja sung sung e la ja ne. Ja sung la ja o den mu den ma. Okay. What <laughs> And Okay, so on page 66 in the English, it says, Stating the precepts of refuge. The master should give here the precepts already explained in the context of the teaching for the person of small capacity. Uh, so previously, um, in the earlier part of the text, uh, we find the breakdown of the precepts of refuge and the advices on taking refuge. Um, and then... It's divided into two categories um, when we, we look at the uh, oral tradition 
uh, of explanation. So it's divided into the proscriptive precepts and the, the preceptive, uh, prescriptive precepts. Uh, so each of those precepts or advices um, have three categories. Um, so uh, just one moment. Check, testing. Closer, it's not going though. Uh, my ear. Yeah. Check. Sorry, we're having a mic on air. It's touching me though, it's going to rub on my face. Is that okay? Is that okay? All right. Uh, so there are two categories of precepts or advices that you'll find uh, in Lama Tsongkhapa's uh, great treatise in the section on uh, training the mind in the stage of the path shared in common with beings of small capacity. So we have the proscriptive precepts and the prescriptive precepts, or uh, um, sometimes it's translated um, as what to do and not to. Um, but the proscriptive precepts uh, have three categories. Um, and they have three categories because there are precepts that relate to each of the jewels. Um, so the first among the proscriptive precepts uh, has to do with the Buddha jewel. And it uh, states that um, going for refuge, uh, the only object of refuge that is appropriate is the Buddha jewel. Um, other deities or other uh, worldly gods are not appropriate objects of uh, observation for uh, going for refuge. Uh, so this is the first proscriptive precept that relates to the Buddha jewel. The second proscriptive precept that relates to the uh, Dharma jewel is um, uh, uh, not harming any sentient being or not harming any uh, other kind of being uh, or harboring murderous thoughts, etc. So uh, any harmful intent or harm uh, should not be inflicted upon or um, thought about inflicting uh, if you're holding this precept related to the Dharma jewel. Uh, so this is the second prescriptive precept. And the third prescriptive precept deals with the Sangha jewel. And this de um, 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 relate, um, entails refraining from relationships with negative friends. Um, so negative friends, uh, here it's translated as non-Buddhist philosophers. Uh, but Rinpoche um, translated it further as a uh, misdeed friend. So the word for misdeed and then friend next to it is the way he explained it. Um, uh, so just as a translator's note, um, this is a, a, a friend who has negative influence and specifically in relation to your philosophical tenets that you hold and your ability to lose those tenets. Um, so um, the, uh, the word that really needs to be inserted in here is um, friends with negative influence or misdeed influence in you, influence you to misdeeds. Um, so it's almost like if you literally did it, it would be influence you to engaging in misdeeds. Um, and as another note, misdeeds could be holding wrong view because wrong view is a misdeed in Buddhism. So, sorry for the extended uh, <coughs> uh, explanation. Um, sometimes the Tibetan and the English need more explanation. So, uh, that's the um, precept or the advice that's related to 
the Sangha jewel. So the proscriptive precepts are not going for refuge to other deities that relate to the Buddha jewel, um, not engaging in any harmful thoughts or behaviors towards sentient beings that relate to the Dharma jewel, and not befriending uh, negative uh, people who have negative influence on you or not um, having misdeed friends. Um, so these are the three precepts of the prescriptive precepts related to um, uh, refuge and specifically the oral tradition. And so the next precepts or advices uh, related um, to going for refuge uh, are the prescriptive precepts. Um, so um, there are three of those as well, um, and um, each relate to one of the, the jewels. Um, so the first of the prescriptive precepts deals with the Buddha jewel, um, and it states that no matter what an image is made of, um, constructed of, um, materials-wise, or what the image looks like, it needs to be looked at as the actual Buddha him or herself. So it has to be treated as an object of reverence, uh, no matter what it's made of or what it looks like, as if Buddha was there. Um, so this is the homage uh, that one pays towards any um, uh, symbol of the, the Buddha jewel, um, if you will. Anything that symbolizes or is a representation of the Buddha jewel whether it be painting or statue, etc. cetera. Uh, so you show equal respect um, to all those images and look at them as they are the Buddha. Um, so that's the first of the precepts. Uh, the second of the prescriptive precepts deals uh, with the Dharma jewel. Um, and this uh, states that any writing or words that relate to the Dharma, even if it's four letters or four, uh, is it four letters or four words? For as little as four words. Um, so it says that even those composed of as little as four words have to be looked at as the Dharma jewel itself. Um, so we would see um, any of this um, writing or any literature um, as an actual representation of the Dharma Jewel. Um, so that's the second um, precept or advice related uh, prescriptive precept in the oral tradition. And then the third uh, deals with the Sangha Jewel. And this states that uh, no matter what, if a person uh, is donning 
the robes of an ordained person, if they are an ordinary person or they are actual sangha, um, uh, or actual sangha or spiritual community, uh, it doesn't matter. You look at both of those beings, whether they are or aren't uh, actual sangha, as sangha, as superiors, and pay them homage, uh, make prostrations to them. Um, so just as a translator's note, real sangha requires the being to be an arya, a superior, to have seen emptiness. Uh, so the actual um, sangha jewel are beings who are superiors, who are aryas already. Um, so this is saying that those who are and those who aren't, it, um, you are to look at as if they are the actual sangha jewel. Um, so that's the um, point of that third prescriptive precept. Um, and it relates to even those just wearing robes, um, as a note, not just someone ordained that's not a superior. It says if they have on robes, um, that you look at them as Sangha Jewel. Uh, so this is the uh, third category um, of the prescriptive precepts in the oral tradition. Uh, and those are advices related uh, to refuge. And again, uh, precept is, uh, it's really the word in, in Tibetan is advice. Uh, it's much more literal just to say advice. Precept kind of infers in our minds like there's an actual vow there. Um, and it, it's an advice, um, like a vow, but it's more of uh, an advice to keep as opposed to a vow. There's, they divide it in Tibetan Buddhism. Vows and advices, are, they're different. So just as a note, commitments, vows, advices, they're all different. Dīsarnam said, so previously we went over this information so extensively. I feel that that's enough, um, what we've done before. So again, as a note, anyone who's watching, all of, the inf all of this teaching has been given on this section already and is online and available to just download or see. Uh, so if you want to refer back to the teaching on the precepts and refuge, it's all there and available. So all sentient beings have Buddha. They have this Buddha potential, Buddha nature. Um, all sentient beings possess a mental consciousness, so therefore, because this mental consciousness is present, the Buddha potential is necessarily present as well. So all sentient beings have the ability to abandon uh, all of the afflictions that they have. All sentient beings can achieve the state of omniscience, a state of all-knowing, and this is because of this Buddha potential that we possess, the lineage of the Buddha that all sentient beings have. So in order to become a Buddha, it's necessary to amass the two collections. And those two collections are the collection of merit and the collection of exalted wisdom. 
So the collection of merit is responsible for the um, um, uh, the result, which is the enjoyment body and the um, emanation body. Uh, so uh, the emanation body uh, and the enjoyment body are created by uh, this collection of merit. So in dependence upon the wisdom <coughs> realizing <coughs> emptiness, uh, the Buddha's, the Gyanja Surinan, Gonga Mepachi. Less so. Okay, darn. So, <coughs> dependence upon the collection of exalted wisdom, uh, which is the wisdom realizing emptiness, uh, then uh, the Dharma body arises. So, uh, in dependence upon the collection of merit, the emanation <coughs> and enjoyment body arise. <coughs> in dependence upon the collection of exalted wisdom, the Dharma body arises and the um, omniscience of the Buddha arises. Lam Lan Tao de Sherani Changu Sala Zubi Lan to Tauje independent upon the two uh, abandonments and the two pathways of method and wisdom, um, the two bodies are created. So what this means is um, the two abandonments are the afflictive obstructions and the obstructions to omniscience. So I, by abandoning the afflictive obstructions and the obstruction to omniscience, um, one is able um, to... Uh, actually... Uh, one is able to achieve the two sets of bodies of the Buddha by engaging in a pathway of method and wisdom. So um, you engage in a pathway of method and wisdom, uh, method being the mind that aspires to enlightenment and the wisdom being the wisdom realizing emptiness. Um, and by engaging in those pathways, one is able to get rid of the, the uh, afflictions, so the afflictive obstructions and the obstructions to omniscience. And by doing so, by getting rid of those afflictive obstructions and the obstructions to omniscience by a pathway which is a union of method and wisdom, one is able to acquire the two bodies. And what the two bodies here mean is, in dependence upon method, one is able to acquire the enjoyment and emanation bodies, the form bodies. And in dependence upon wisdom, one is able to achieve the Dharma body, 
So here the two bodies are the emanation and enjoyment body are counted as body, and then the dharmakaya, the truth body, is counted as a body. So in dependence uh, upon the, the two paths of method and wisdom, the two abandonments occur and the two bodies occur. Um, so that's what is meant by... Then the lung kabne, Rimche. So we find this in uh, Nagarjuna's uh, text, uh, this quote about the... The two, uh, the two bodies created um, by the abandonment of the two afflictions that occur through the two pathways of method and wisdom. Um, so that's the meaning of that. And so it's necessary to have this collection of exalted wisdom and uh, merit. Digsum. Okay. Less so. So, so again, everybody, we're on page 66 in volume 2, um, amassing the collection of merit. So we're just, uh, we're moving past that section, uh, context. So stating the precepts of refuge, the master should give here the precepts already explained in the context of the teaching for the person of small capacity. Last week, Rinpoche went back and went over the prescriptive and prescriptive uh, precepts and went through the Lam Rim Chemo. And then today, Rinpoche said, we've gone over this so much, refer back to it. And now we're moving on in the text to amassing the collection of merit. Uh, so, with respect to the ritual for generating the spirit of enlightenment, Atisha explains that at this point, also you make obeisance Offering and so forth. Okay. ได้ชินน่ะอีลาจําบ่ชินน่ะเนเชบะเชบะตาบูตาบุเตลามันน่ะล่ะชั่วบะเนชั่วบังคามีตุสอเชบะชาวสเชบะชาวสถ้ากะ
Um, so, amassing the collection of merit, with respect to the ritual for generating the spirit of enlightenment, Atisha explains that at this point also you make obeisance, offering, and so forth. Um, follow the commentary on the difficult points uh, of the lamp uh, for the path to enlightenment, where it says that you should perform the seven branches of worship, bringing to mind all the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas and your former and present teachers. Understand that making offerings to the gurus should be done at the time you make the earlier offerings as well. Practice the seven branches of worship by following either the text of the prayer of Samantabhadra or engaging in the Bodhisattva deeds. Um, so what I had asked Rinpoche, is, this ref is that commentary on the lamp referring to the difficult point in the eighth stanza um, and Rimache said yes, where it says, uh, with the seven-point offering from the prayer of noble conduct, with the thought never to turn back till you gain uh, um, uh, ultimate enlightenment. So, um, so it, at, at this point, you make obeisance. So you should, um, should pay homage by making prostrations mentally, physically, uh, and verbally, making offerings and so forth. And then it says... Um, even though at this point it says uh, that you should perform these offerings of the seven-limb prayer uh, to the Buddhas, Bodhisattvas, to your teachers of past, present, and your future teachers, um, it doesn't ex say it mean that you don't do the offerings mentioned earlier to, the, to your teachers and so forth. So you're not only doing these rituals during this part, the point that's being made, um, you're also, as explained previously in the text, doing them in relation to reliance on the teacher, guru devotion, etc. So it's not these um, seven-limb prayer uh, and the, the branches within it and the, the individual branches aren't only practiced at this point, the point that's being made. They're also practiced as their own individual practices as it relates to the guru devotion and so forth, paying homage to the guru. Um, so you don't only do that when you're engaging in a seven-limb offering. Uh, you, the, you can have that as a separate entity as well, as, as explained earlier. It says, understand that making offerings to the gurus should be done at the time you make the earlier offerings as well. Um, so it's just meaning uh, making offerings, paying homage, all of these things that were previously mentioned um, and are mentioned as a, a point in the lamp of making offerings to the teachers. Uh, you should do that as well as um, engage in this activity here. Um, so, just make sure. I think that's everything. I'm just making sure. Digson, Rupert. Oh, 
So, in dependence upon these two texts, uh, the prayer of Samantabhadra or engaging in the Bodhisattva's deeds, one will be able to truly understand what the seven-limb prayer is. Um, so, as Jay Rinpoche says, with certainty, if you study the seven-limb prayer according to either of these sources, then you'll know what the seven-limb prayer is. Rinpoche is saying they're in many sources for it, but Lama Tsongkhapa is asserting these two sources, if you understand those, you understand the seven-limb prayer. What is the point of this amassing <coughs> the collection of merit? The point of amassing the collection of merit is in order to become a Buddha. 
ਸਾਂਝੇ ਗੋਬੰਦ ਵਿੱਚੇ ਦੋ ਦੇ ਸੈਂਜਾਂ ਗੋਰੇ ਤੇ ਆਪਣੀਆਂ ਵਿੱਚੇ ਦੋ ਸੋਸਾਜੀਆਂ ਜੇ ਗੋਰੇ ਸੋ ਦਾ ਮਾਈਂਡ ਨੀਡਸ ਟੂ ਪ੍ਰੈਕਟਿਸ ਐਂਡ ਦਾ ਮਾਈਂਡ ਬਿਕਮਸ ਮੋਰ ਐਂਡ ਮੋਰ uh the, the mind changes more and more through this practice and eventually transforms into that one of that of a buddha a mind of a buddha so it's the mind it's going to make a change so the mind is what has to transform the mind is what practices uh when asked who or what creates the three realms of existence Uh, the buddha answered that a mind does a negative mind creates the lower realms of cyclic existence or a bad mind and a positive mind creates the higher realms of cyclic existence so the hell's hungry ghost and the animal realms are created by a bad mind or a negative mind and the human demigod and god's realms are created by a positive mind by a good mind uh, so this is why it is the mind that needs to practice it is the mind that needs to be transformed Lesso. So we find these connections to all of the results that are found in cyclic existence, this negative minds and positive minds. The negative minds have varying degrees of negativity. So the greatest degree of negative mind creates a hell realm. A medium degree of negative mind creates a hungry ghost realm. And a small degree of negative mindset creates the animal realm. and the opposites is true as well the great degree of positive mind creates a god's existence a medium degree of positive mind creates a demigod's experience and a small degree of positive mind creates the human experience or creates the human realm uh, so just uh, um, the we can say in a coarse way that negativities create the lower and positivities create the higher but it's the degrees of negativity the degrees of positivity that create the specificity within the realms what that in the case of the saint doja chungundi chebusun dege nyawa ye da tundusun dele yore sirwa nyawa te ye da tundusun mena and the saint doja chindi chungse de debukas tribaina So we, we, it's interesting. So we're saying that a, a negative mind creates the hell-hungry ghost in, in animal ne- lower realms, and a positive mind creates the uh, human, gods, human demigods and gods realms. Uh, so the positive creates these positive experiences, and negative creates these negative experiences. So what would, though, 
uh, a scientist say if we were to say, we know that there are varying degrees of action, negativity and positivity, um, in a conventional sense. Uh, so what do these varying degrees of action create? So if we were to ask a scientist, what, what, were, what are these varying degrees of positivity, and varying degrees of negativity, what are their results? What are the results of those activities? Uh, so Rinpoche said, what would they say? So, we're just putting a question. The scientists are the great scholars. Uh, so the, the scientists uh, have a great mind. So we would a could ask a scientist, um, there, if someone engages in negativity, and uh, I'm sorry, we could, ask a, we could ask a scientist this question. We could say, that we can see that there are small levels of negativity and medium levels of negativity and great levels of negativity. These degrees of negativity, uh, so do these degrees of negativity produce anything? And if it, they do produce something, what do they produce? Um, so this is a question that would be interesting to ask a scientist. Um, uh, do these degrees, uh, so first, you have to come up with a, a subject, so you have to have a common understanding of, so just as a, in order to debate in Tibetan Buddhism, you both have to agree on the starting point. So you have to agree that there are these le levels, you know, someone could be a little bad, a little more bad, or really bad. So you have to start there and have to agree. And once you agree on that, then you're able in Buddhism, in Tibetan Buddhism, to ask these questions of a scientist. So that's why whenever I'm translating for Rinpoche, and he says it's always a question in a sense. So uh, are there these varying degrees? It's almost just to establish a common basis to start from. Uh, so whenever you hear Rinpoche talking about a question and answer between, say, science and the Buddhist community. It always starts with, are there these things? Not because Rinpoche is asking a scientist, are there? It's to establish a thing that we all agree, that obviously there's a little bad, a little more bad, and a lot bad. So we start there. You have to have a starting point. So if you say those exist, do they produce something? And if they produce something, what do they produce? So that's the complete translation of Rinpoche's point and the meaning behind his point. So I just always want to make sure that the nuance of what Rinpoche's speaking of is in there as well, because it's just as important as the content. Digson Rinpoche. So, and then the opposite, we could ask this question. We could say, okay, if there are humans, demigods, and gods' realms, and then Rinpoche said, or at least humans, as he said, so we're establishing a common ground. So, if there are humans, demigods, and gods, or at least humans, and then there are degrees of positivity, you know, uh, positive actions that are small, medium, and great, degrees of positivity, 
um, do those actions um, have a result or not, and what are they? And do they relate to this existence of human, and if you assert it, demigod, God? So this is the, these are the, this is the dialogue that would be necessary to increase our understanding of these things. So, in the Pramanavartika Karika, um, Dharmakirti's commentary on the Compendium of Valid Cognition, uh, it states that the mind uh, is in the nature of clarity, uh, free, uh, free from distraction or unsullied. So, the mind is in the nature of clear light and unsullied or, or, or um, undistracted. Um, so this is how the Pramanavartika Karika defines um, the mind itself. Uh, and if... I just lost the point. I'm sorry. The Yandrasurana, Gongamevjinge Lasson. Okay. Uh, so, uh, the three realms of existence are the form realm, the formless realm, and the desire realm. Uh, so, when the Buddha was asked, who or what creates these three realms, the desire, form, or formless realm, the Buddha stated that a mind does. A positive mind creates the higher realms, a negative uh, mind creates the lower realms. Uh, and the mind itself uh, does not have a nature of either. In the Pramadavartika Karika, uh, Dharmakirti says that the mind is in the nature of clear light and unsullied, uh, that it, it has no nature of negative or positive. Um, it, is, it can be either. Um, just as a, a cloth um, starts out as just the cloth itself, but it can be stained, and a stain then becomes part of the cloth. Um, the stains that are in our mental continuum uh, that... Uh, are the obstructions to omniscience and the afflictive obstructions. So if our mind was uh, like a cloth um, and it was stained, um, we would say it's stained by these afflictions, uh, these two types of afflictions, the afflictive obstructions and the obstructions to omniscience. When a cloth is stained, you're able to wash out the stain um, and then eventually... Uh, if you completely wash out the stain, then you're left only with the cloth there that doesn't have a nature of stained. Um, 
uh, it, it just has the nature of cloth that, that has been stained. Um, so once that's washed out, you no longer have stain. Likewise, once the obstructions to omniscience and the afflictive obstructions have been cleansed and purified through practice, then our mental continuum is no longer um, negative or no longer has any potential for negative because it doesn't have negativity in its nature. It's something that's added on. It's secondary to it. It's not part of it in the sense that it is inseparable. It's separable because it can be abandoned. So just like the cloth can have the stain removed from it, our mental consciousness can have the stains of the obstructions to omniscience and the afflictive obstructions removed because they are not part of its nature. They are in addition to its nature. Um, so this is uh, what is meant by um, when the analogy of the cloth and the stain and cleaning it is made. The meaning of it is, is that the mind doesn't have in its nature stain. It's just been stained. And the stain can be removed because it's not its nature. Its nature is neither stained or... Um, it's neither very negative or very positive. It has the ability to be either because its nature is just clear light and unstained. Uh, so it's in like a, it's an, a blank slate, if you will, of potential, potentiality. That's why the Buddha nature is there because it can be transformed into that because it is in the nature of clear light and its nature is not stained. Its nature is not negative. Then Rinpoche, the sem... で、なつ、せん。ゲワイエン。せんとよ、せんと、みぎのばしば。ないのばしば、ないのばしば。ちいのばしば、ルジのばしば。イジのばしば、ちゅうのばしば、ちゅうのばしば。ないのばしば、
if it's no longer a mix and it's only positive, it no longer produces positive and negative. So that was just, I asked Rinpoche a side question and that was the answer to it. So I just wanted to um, add that. So when we look at consciousness, there are six types of consciousness. There's mental consciousness, eye consciousness, nose consciousness, tongue consciousness, tactile consciousness. What did I miss? Eye, ear, ear consciousness. Um, so uh, there are six types of consciousness, and the, there are five physical consciousnesses, and then one mental. And the mental consciousness is really the leader of the consciousnesses. It's almost like um, the mental consciousness um, uh, uh, has servants, if you will, that are the five other physical consciousnesses. So the mental consciousness is the leader uh, of the consciousness. It's the, Rinpoche said, the intelligent consciousness. The others aren't intelligent in this way. The mental consciousness has the intelligence to lead the other consciousnesses. So the eye consciousness, ear consciousness, nose consciousness, tongue consciousness, and tactile consciousness are all influenced by the mental consciousness, which is really the king of all consciousness. So it's that consciousness that we're transforming um, because by transforming that, what it influences and connects to is automatically then transformed as well because it's the leader of all of the consciousnesses. So, if for instance, there is a form to see or a smell to smell, it requires the mental consciousness having a motivation to see something and then apprehend the form. It requires, in order to smell something, it requires the mental consciousness to want to smell and then smell something in order for smelling uh, apprehension to take place. In order for seeing apprehension to take place, in order to see a form, the mental consciousness has to be motivated to want to see a form and then the eye consciousness sees a form. But there first has to be that mental consciousness driving all of the other consciousnesses into, into their apprehension. And then making, um, then the mental consciousness makes determinations around the apprehension as well. So it apprehends and then determines, I, I like this, I don't like this, etc. This is good, this isn't good. So we'll take, do you want to do a question and then the break? What's best? Because we, do we need to do it on the, the microphone? So in order to do a question. So let's, um, let's just, we'll do that. Tambo Ngatsu Triwa, then Ngatsu Sujachu. the microphone go and the If the consciousness is by nature clear light and has really no positive or negative qualities to it, um, but karma makes us choose to do the right thing or the wrong thing, at what point? I mean, we go back to beginningless time. At what point is the consciousness determined to be 
like neutral? Or do we always have these imprints of positive and negative qualities and the predisposition to act bad or act good? How is it determined that the, the consciousness is by nature neutral? In the the same, the the same law, the deeper yomari, gewa yomari, the namjalgi, the tseni. Same all that same gewa yomari, magwa niga yodro da. Do you have to know them? Same the magwa ro. Gewa do know them? Same the gewa ro. Same mumdo da. The yene the same the yusu yusel usel. Then the コンギチュアジェウェサワスイエチシェバトウォデカルソブレクリアライトニョモマイビヒシェバトロゴエジュロカ so the mind itself is in the nature of clear light and unsullied. So that clear light nature um, is almost like a neutrality um, itself. But since beginningless time, we have had negative and positive. So since beginningless time, we've had a virtuous mind and since beginningless time, we've had non-virtuous mind. Uh, so there's never been a time where it was neutral completely. It just means that its nature itself is neutral, and these, uh, these other things are additions to it. They aren't in its nature, but since beginningless time, they have been added to it. So there's no way to find a first. This misdeed was from a previous misdeed from a previous misdeed and there's no way to posit a beginning to it or a time where it was only in this neutral place digsung oh yeah uh, the true anipa okay. microphone okay go ahead question Spiritual progress, or should they be avoided completely? The mekashi tsampa, the drugs, arila, the drugs mambo yure, the rik chik yomari, the mambo, the the drug kashi chusana, then the the mikpa, the jegdu, shera jegdu, then the the me me mena yene me tongdu, then chu mena yene chu tongdu. Then me kashi kelen, the drug kashi, the nyamlen dan drardu. Chogyan trumpa kelen this, ngama de kelen son. Then sansan de raze, then the kensapi sherup yongdu. Then sherup kensapo yongdu, then the sherup de shera trapodu. Then the sherup tsanodana, then the lam jubudrogudu. Then the demba yimbere, the drug, then the sansan payun. Trujiro, Truji. Truji. Trujiro, Marbe. Lesser. My men, my tongue's on the Trujiro. Lesser. Then, then drug gariena, the nyamlen 
Trobo yo maribe. Dark part? Kaji kaji leto tez pemba ne yondro. Ding pemba kale kabore. Zawade nyodi de shiril todro. Ti nyebut shemena. Uh, so Rinpoche said, first of all, I was explaining to Rinpoche that there's a lot of different kinds of drugs. He, you know, when he thinks of drugs, he thinks opiate, opium. You know, just as that's what they go immediately to is opium. Um, so I said there's a lot of different hallucinogens, things that could make you see things that aren't there and distort. And he said, first of all, if you're taking something and it's distorting reality you're apprehending a mistaken view the entire time. So the entire time that you're experiencing this alternate, alternative reality, it's a mistaken reality. It's not real. So it's creating more distortion than you're already coming there with. So you're already coming with mistaken perception. And you're in, now adding more mistaken perception to it. So that's what Rinpoche is saying. Rinpoche is saying, uh, if you're using drugs that are changing the way things actually are, meaning that we would all agree this is not a, a dragon, okay? <laughs> you know, but if you're on a drug, you might see something that looks like it or think there's something there and, and, and think, oh, well, in, this, in reality, is it really there and we all don't just see it? No, you're mis apprehending it. So that's what Rinpoche is saying. He's saying, if you're seeing fire that's not there, that's mistaken view. So there's no way that that can help. And, and I said, is there any case where, I said, Chogim Trumpa had this uh, idea where he would have crazy wisdom. He would get drunk and, and say that, and uh, maybe people aren't going to like I'm saying this. Rinpoche is not saying this. I said this. He said he would get crazy wisdom when he would get drunk and you know come up with these ideas. And he said, Rinpoche said, the way you become enlightened is by getting rid of the afflictive obstructions and the obstructions to omniscience. If what you're doing isn't an antidote to one of those two things specifically, it's hard to wonder, hard to understand how it could possibly be a spiritual path if it's not executing, Rinpoche used that word, executing either the afflictive obstructions or the obstructions to omniscience. And Rinpoche said, it's possible that there have been drugs that have aided people in their discoveries. Um, but for the most part, if it's not getting rid of those two things, then it's not a spiritual path. Thank you. Uh, so we'll take a short break there and we'll be right back. Oh, that's What Mina 
ਦੋਹਾ ਦੇ ਜੋ ਸ਼ੰਭਾ ਮਰਵਾ ਦੁਗਲਾ ਤੇ ਤੇ ਸੰਜੇ ਬਸੰਬੇ ਆਜੇ ਬਤ ਸ਼ੰਭਾ ਦਾ ਹਿਜੀ ਮੇਨਾ ਸੇ ਤਾਵੋਸ ਅਨੇ ਹਿਜੀ ਮੇ ਬਤ ਨਾ ਬਤ ਸੁਕੰਗਲੋ ਨੇ ਯਾਬੁਲੋ ਜੋ ਜਨੇ ਨੇ ਬਚੇ ਗੋਰੇਸ ਸੇ ਤਾਵੋ ਸੇ ਤਾਂ ਨੂੰ ਗੋਰੇਸ ਕੁਝ ਅੰਗਲ ਅਗਲ ਅਗਜੀ ਮੈਂ ਲਾਰਗੋ Okay so page 66 uh so we're talking about um just coming back to the class we're talking about the mind um purifying the mind transforming the mind changing the mind practicing we've translated a lot of different ways uh semjong pract mind practicing uh with the mind um so here purifying your attitude is where we're going to begin since in his lamp for the path to enlightenment atisha says that you should first feel love in your heart and then generate the spirit of enlightenment upon seeing living beings vividly bring to mind the objects and the subjective aspects for love and compassion as explained previously so we went over the stages of realization in terms of the seven point cause and effect for realizing the mind that aspires to enlightenment and seeing recognizing sentient beings as their uh, your mother remembering their kindness wishing to repay their kindness love through the force of attraction great compassion the extraordinary attitude and then bodhicitta itself uh, so we went over that previously and lama tsongkhapa is just referencing that section um and as a note lord atisha is the the holder of that seven point cause and effect lineage when we say uh who passed that down um that was lord atisha so that's the why it's referencing referencing the lamp and these points of love and compassion because it's just a summary of that seven point dixon oh jeta tane shanchu sen to gombala shamba de hi gondo ma shi de 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 lo yong ge shamba hi je la san ne sen je ja gomar ba shamba de hi je gondo de gondo wa de shanchu sen yul je goro da o tane lo jo je go ਲੋਜਾਂ ਚੇ ਗੋਰ ਸੋ ਗੋ ਸਰ ਲਾਂਡਨ ਲੇ ਸ਼ਾਂਬਾ ਕੋ ਦ ਤਾਨੇ ਸਿਜੇ ਤਾਂ ਜੇ ਲਾ ਤੇ ਦੇ ਸੈਂਚੇ ਬਸੰਬੇ ਸਿਜੇ ਤਾਂ ਜੇ ਲਾ ਮੀਨੇ ਸੈਂਚੇ ਬਸੰਬੇ ਹਾਜੇ ਬਦਰ ਸ਼ਾਂਬਾ ਤਾਂ ਹਿਜੀ ਮੇਬਾ ਦਾ ਨਾ ਬਤ ਯਾ ਗੇ ਗੋਰੇਸ ਸ਼ਾਂਬੀ ਸ਼ਾਂਯੋਂ ਕੀ ਸ਼ਾਂਬੀ ਮੇਬਾ ਕਰ ਨਾ ਬਤ ਕਰ ਸਤੇ ਬਈ ਨਾ ਮੇਬਾ ਸਿਜੇ ਤਾਂ ਜੇ ਸਿਜੇ ਤਾਂ ਜੇ ਦੇ ਯੋਂ ਕੀ ਸ਼ਾਂਬੀ ਮੇਬਾ ਇਸ ਯੋਂ ਜਾਮੇ ਮੇਬਾ ਯੋਂ ਜਾਮੇ ਸਿਜੇ ਤਾਂ ਜੇ ਲੰਮੀ ਨੇ ਨਾ ਬਾ ਕਰ ਸ਼ਗਰ ਸਨਾ ਸਿਜੇ ਤਾਂ ਚਿਪ ਚੋਣਾ ਜਾਵੇ ਦਵਾ ਦਾ ਦੇਣਾ ਜਾਵੇ ਨਾ ਬਤ ਸ਼ਗੁਰਸ ਸ਼ੰਬਾ ਤਾਂ ਨਹੀਂ ਜੇ ਸਿਜੇ ਤਾਂ ਨਹੀਂ ਜੇ ਮੇਬਾ ਮੇਬਰੇਸ ਸਿਜੇ ਤਾਂ ਜੇ ਨਹੀਂ ਜੇ ਸਿਜੇ ਤਾਂ ਜੇ ਲੰਮੀ ਨੇ ਦੋਨੇ ਦਾ ਟੇਨਾ ਜਾਵਾ ਉਹ ਤੇ ਨਹੀਂ ਜੇ ਨਾ ਬਰੇਸ ਉਹ ਤੁਸੀਂ ਆਪ ਨੇ ਬਚੇ ਨੇ ਤੇ ਤੋ ਗੋ ਗੋ ਸੁਣਦੇ ਸਰ ਸੇਤਾ ਬੋਸ ਸੋ ਇਨ ਆਰਡਰ ਟੂ ਪ੍ਰੋਡਿਊਸ ਦਾ ਮਾਈਂਡ ਦੈਟ ਐਸਪਾਇਰਸ ਟੂ ਐਨਲਾਈਟਮੈਂਟ ਦਾ ਪ੍ਰੀਵੀਅਸ ਰਿਅਲਾਈਜ਼ੇਸ਼ਨਸ ਹੈਵ ਟੂ ਅਕਰ ਲਵ ਥਰੂ ਦਾ ਫੋਰਸ ਆਫ ਅਟਰੈਕਸ਼ਨ ਹੈਸ ਟੂ ਅਕਰ ਗ੍ਰੇਟ ਕੰਪੈਸ਼ਨ ਹੈਸ ਟੂ ਅਕਰ ਇਟ ਅਕਰਸ ਇਨ ਦੀ ਆਰਡਰ ਦੈਟ ਵੀ ਫਾਈਂਡ ਇਟ ਇਨ ਦਾ ਸੈਵਨ ਪੁਆਇੰਟ ਕਾਜ਼ ਐਂਡ ਇਫੈਕਟ ਫੋਰ ਰਿਅਲਾਈਜ਼ਿੰਗ ਦਾ ਮਾਈਂਡ ਦੈਟ ਐਸਪਾਇਰਸ ਟੂ ਐਨਲਾਈਟਮੈਂਟ we first established sentient beings as our mothers remembering their kindness wishing to repay their kindness then love through the force of attraction then great compassion then the extraordinary attitude and then finally the mind that aspires to enlightenment is realized bodhicitta is realized but it requires those other steps in order to 
to arrive at that, that realization of the Buddha mind. Uh, so what, what is the object of observation for love? And then what does love express? What is uh, love's point? And then the same we could ask for compassion or great compassion. So uh, what is the object of observation for great compassion? Uh, what is the point of great compassion? What is the intent, rather, of great impassion, great compassion? So first when we look at love, the object of observation for love, it's literally love through the force of attraction, um, uh, or adoration you can use too, I've seen lately. Uh, so love through the force of attraction has an object of observation. That object of observation is all sentient beings. And the point uh, of that love is to have all sentient beings have happiness and the causes of happiness. So the intent of love through the force of attraction is that all sentient beings have happiness and its causes. So the intent is wishing all sentient beings have happiness and its causes, and all sentient beings are the object of observation for that love. And next we have co great compassion. The object of observation of great compassion is all sentient beings. The intent of great compassion is that all sentient beings be free from suffering and the causes of suffering. So that all sentient beings are separated from suffering. Um, that, uh, the intent of great compassion is to see that all sentient beings are separated from suffering. And then the object of observation of that intent is all sentient beings. Um, so I know it's redundant, but that's how it's explained. So object of observation of the intent of love is all sentient beings. What, the, what one intends for all sentient beings to have is happiness. What one intends for all sentient beings to have in, when, when we're looking at compassion is freedom from suffering. So the intention for happiness, for love is happiness, and the intention for great compassion is freedom from suffering. And who are you intending to have this? All sentient beings. So that's the, the subject and then the intent related to the subject. Um so and then there are three different types of compa uh, great compassion uh, in terms of the three types of suffering. Uh, so you could have a great compassion that intends on removing the suffering of change from all sentient beings. You could have a great compassion that intends on removing the suffering of suffering from all sentient beings. You can have a compassion which intends on removing the pervasive compounded suffering of all sentient beings. So you can have three types of great compassion in relation to the three types of suffering that all sentient beings, that's not true, uh, the three types of suffering that all sentient beings can endure. Beyond your 
借到了，说刚刚可是好过多少？哦，重要重要。嗯，但主动的真的想把这三点一百元钱留的，三点一百，三点三百元，三点一百元钱，有多少元买的？一百那边没有，确实是，我的。有一段啊，在这话的三点一百元钱，叔叔就是六月的了，他。现在他这段啊，在在那月嘛的话，七八对一段啊，在在那吧。现在没把我那七八对一段啊，在在那呢吧，可以多点。来到月末不忘给中央多点，在在那呢吧，等于什么的吧。Same time, Tom J. Yeah. Um. So when we look at being removed from suffering or separated from suffering. The suffering, the separation from the suffering of suffering, we can find uh, even in the animal world. We can see an animal has a sore, and then he or she licks it to remove that suffering, and then actually can separate themselves from suffering. So we find the removal of suffering possible in, in, when we see an animal licking a wound,、uh, and then removing his or her suffering, and then. Uh, the suffering of suffering. No, I'm sorry. The suffering of Ju Dunyo. The suffering of change、um, is、uh, stopped at the fourth concentration level. So beings who reach the Zukan Zumekam. Zukan, something Jipa in Chil Doa Yuma. Okay, something Jipa. Okay, so I was asking if what realm it related to, and Rimche said it just says the fourth concentration level. So once a being reaches the fourth con. Fourth concentration level, then there's no longer the suffering of change present, and then the the next、uh, type of suffering is the pervasive compounded suffering, and the pervasive compounded suffering is the cyclic, the suffering of cyclic existence. The I can never say it cyclical suffering.、Um, so cyclical, yeah. That suffering, so that kind of suffering is what the pervasive, compounded suffering is, and all sentient beings have that suffering.、Um, so there is a compat that compassion、um, that wishes to to have that separation for sentient beings to have a separation from pervasive, compounded suffering does have all sentient beings as its object of observation because there isn't that removal found. Uh, for a sentient being until the the point of 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 liberation,、um, so sentient beings have that pervasive compounded suffering up to that point. Dixon, and they all do in every realm. So so during the time that you are going to do something, yes, 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 Okay, so when we wish to have a separation from suffering、uh, for ourselves, then that is called renunciation. So if we wish for ourselves to be separated from that, that's renunciation. When we turn that. Intent towards other sentient beings, and we wish for them to be separated from suffering. Then this becomes great compassion.、Uh, so renunciation is when we want to be free from suffering, and great compassion is when we wish that others、uh, um, be free from their suffering.、Um, but it's necessary 
to have first that renunciation for yourself uh, in order to then transform um, that renunciation into a great compassion. Uh, so we find in the um, uh, Bodhichara Avatara, um, uh, the Shanti Deva's Guide to the Bodhisattva Way of Life, where it says that uh, if you haven't even thought of your, uh, uh, dreamt of your own suffering, then how could you um, imagine removing the suffering of all sentient beings? Or it's, uh, it's something along those lines, that if you haven't even dreamt of your own, own suffering, how could you imagine uh, being able to remove the sentience, uh, the suffering of others? Uh, so um, this is uh, the difference between renunciation and uh, compassion. Renunciation is specifically related to our own desires to be free, whereas compassion is that having that same force of intent that we would want uh, when, we relate, when we think about ourselves being free. Uh, we would have that same force of intent uh, for others as well. Um, so that's uh, what is meant. Okay, so um, now we get to the actual ritual. So uh, we've finished the purification uh, for the attitude, so we've um, um, began to create a vessel or a foundation. And now the next part requires a teacher. Um, so um, this is uh, B, actual uh, ritual. Okay, Digson Rameche. <laughs> So when we take the Bodhisattva vow here at the center, uh, we have this ritual that we, many of you have seen, and, and we're that's what we're talking about uh, now. When we squat down on the balls of our feet, uh, it's about to be explained here in the Lamrim Chemo. Okay. So we have the ritual here where we um, crouch down and then we repeat um, three times after Rinpoche, a series of things uh, over and over again, and that's what's going about to be explained here. Okay, so the actual ritual. In front of the master, you should either kneel with your right knee on the ground or squat on the balls of your feet, and after you join your hands respectfully, Generate the spirit of enlightenment. In reference to this, the lamp for the path to enlightenment says. So uh, we, we do this here at the center. We get down, we squat on the balls of our feet, and then we put our hands. Rinpoche said it's uh, sufficient to say in this uh, mudra of um, expre this expression mudra, 
uh, with our thumbs inside and uh, a, a sign of respect um, and crouch down. So, and then we repeat three times various things. So uh, we've, we do this. We've seen this ritual here. Okay, so there's nine um, sections in this uh, actual ritual part according to the commentary. Uh, so the first section is, in front of the master you should either kneel with your right knee on the ground or squat down on the balls of your feet, and after you join your hands respectfully, generate the spirit of enlightenment. And then number two is, in reference to this, the lamp for the path to enlightenment says, develop the spirit of enlightenment that is an irreversible commitment. Um, so this point is, is that, uh, um, and the ritual, and it goes on, number two will go on, uh, but Rimshi gave a slight commentary here. So the motivation that we should have when we take this bodhisattva vow is that when we take it, we won't reverse this commitment ever. We need to imagine it to be that firm, that strong. And when I say forever, I mean all lifetimes, not just this lifetime. So we have to imagine that it is irreversible uh, in the sense of our continuum. Our, our commitment to the Bodhisattva vow will be until we become Buddhas. Um, so a translator's note, the Bodhisattva vow carries on to your next life, whereas individual liberation vows end when you die. Um, so if you actually ha really have a bodhisattva vow, it would carry on. Uh, so, and the ritual procedures for the spirit of enlightenment and the bodhisattva vows says, until I reach the heart of enlightenment, therefore it is not that you generate the spirit of enlightenment thinking only I will attain Buddhahood for others' sake, 
Rather, you focus on such a thought and make the commitment, I will not part from this determination to attain Buddhahood for the sake of all beings until I reach enlightenment. So generate the attitude with these two aspects, independence on the ritual. Um, so you need to make sure that you're focusing that you will hold this until you become a Buddha. So that this, this actual... Then the Dunda Ni Gare Rinpoche... Yeah. Uh, the, the the two aspects the 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 ewa ni the nipa the gongyo mebachi ni the Lapcha la lapa mini mijala semchantana. Okay, Dixon. I think they lost Kanga Loson. You know, the, the two aspects in dependence on the ritual. The Musim la detar ni. Okay. The the Dondagare. Um, Semchen Tamche gi dundu das sanje sujurpur jao nyampat sam chuga de donagare. Kondesu. Semchen Tamche gi dundu. Maybe we didn't reach there yet. Jendun to sanje tuba shao nyabat ジェバタミジェ、センテジェバラミネ、シャンチュマトジバトマダンゴニャト、タンチャワイメ。テサンバ、チュガラテネ、ジェバシャオ。テサンバニ、テサンバでジャワニ、デガレレムチェ。エン
Sejen tanjiye dön, sanjiye kubun tuba şahı nyabe, senjiye basanla sakın mağrıyesi. Sanjiye kubun mağrıyesi, sen tanjiye mağrıyesi, sen tanjiye mağrıyesi. Okay, so the two aspects are that um, you shouldn't merely be saying, I'm, I'm uh, here, uh, I will attain Buddhahood for the other's sake. It shouldn't be just this thought. It should be, I will keep this commitment of the Bodhisattva vows until I achieve complete Buddhahood. Um, so... I'm, I, I was trying to find what the real different aspects are, um, trying to get clarity on this, and I'm not getting anywhere, um, so we'll just move on. Um, maybe someone, it's clearer in the English than it is to me what those two aspects exactly are. But when I asked Rinpoche, he's saying one aspect would be, I'll attain this for others' sake, and the other is that uh, I will not part from this determination to attain Buddhahood for the sake of sentient beings until I re... Oh, I see. There's two two parts. Okay, sorry. Um, there are two parts to this. I will not part from this determination to attain Buddhahood for the sake of sentient beings until I reach enlightenment. So there's two attitudes there. For the sake of sentient beings and until I reach enlightenment. So it's saying that you shouldn't only have this attitude for the sake of others, you should also have this sentiment that I will hold this until enlightenment. Uh, so those are the two aspects. Um, they're both should be there. One is that you're doing it for the sake of others and the other aspect is that you'll hold it till enlightenment. Okay. Deekson Rinpoche. ตาบุเนเมสเซจิลาจาลาลูบะมะนุนะมะจาลาสลาสาจุเซมบิดุบะเลนเกนเตเมสเซจิลาจาลูบะมะนุนะอันเนวะจาจุเซมบิดุบะ
are suitable, but when it comes to adopting the engaged spirit of enlightenment through the ritual, it is completely wrong to give it to those fully incapable of learning the precepts. Um, so uh, it's dividing it into two different categories and then showing which of the two can actually take an engaged bodhisattva vow, a full, a real bodhisattva vow. Okay, dig some room, Che.
So Rimache is saying, so for many, many years, we were just talking about how many, so we don't have an agreement on the number, but for many, Rimache said 10, 15, it's 20. They're low nishu, Rimache. They're nishu. So it's been 20 years now. Uh, Brian's been with Rinpoche. So thank you, Brian, very much. Yeah. Uh, so um, dedication is very important, as Rinpoche always says. Uh, we want to dedicate it to our complete Buddhahood, so all this virtue stays with us until then. So, and isn't lost in a ice cream cone. Including mandala offering and dedication prayer. The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Lozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well. With whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In that pure land surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness. All-powerful Avogateshvara attends in Yatso. May you stay until samsara's end. I pray for the long life of the precious Kensar Wanda, upholder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts, exceptional wisdom and perseverance. Two Jiram, Sheguti Shapi Denralan, Sheda Sopuldu, Matsu Lamrim Chemo Kangatriyonan.